Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on, but we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. Warning, you're about to enter the arena and join the battle to save America with your host, Sean Parnell. What is up, battle crew? It is, what is it? It's Wednesday, February 28th, and you are watching Battleground Live. Thank you to the battle crew for being in the trenches with us tonight. We have so much to talk about. Savage Rich Barris, of course, on deck, and lots more in addition to Savage Rich. It's hard to outdo Savage Rich with any simple news story, but we're going to hit a lot tonight. We're going to talk about the fact that Mitch McConnell is on the outs and what that means for Republican politics in 2024. The invasion continues at our southern border. We're going to get a full Michigan primary breakdown with Savage Rich Barris and a huge, and I do mean huge, red flag for Biden. That massive red flag in Michigan. In fact, interestingly enough, I told you all about this last night, gave you a heads up that it was likely going to happen, and it, it of course, did. And this is what the show is all about, folks. I told you my charge, my mission, my commitment to you is not just to react to the news but try to give you a sense of what's coming down the pike. We want to stay 10 steps ahead of these radical leftist commie mouth breathers. That's part of my job. And I think we did a pretty good job with Michigan. Look at this. Biden loses to uncommitted in the city of Dearborn, Michigan primary. And what you're looking at on the screen is an article that, that shows that. And for those listening on iHeart, I'm reading it to you. But this means alarm bells for Joe, 81, as more than 100,000 voters protest the handling of Gaza. Folks, that's a, that's a big deal. Let me see if I can put that into perspective for you all. 95% of the vote counted. Biden won Tuesday's primary with 81%, 13% or more. More than 100,000 people cast uncommitted ballots in a state where a large Arab community and other progressive Democrats vented their anger at Biden's support of an Israeli offensive in which tens of thousands of Palestinians have been killed. So here's the deal. When I talk about margins in 2020, I want you all to know that, no, I do not think Joe Biden legitimately won the election. I'm just saying this was the margin. They absolutely rigged it. So let's just caveat, I caveat everything that I'm about to tell you with that, okay? But Trump beat Hillary in Michigan. We covered this last night by about 11,000 votes, razor thin margin. Joe Biden beat, beat President Trump. And of course, we use the term loosely by 150,000. So again, a pretty close margin, even with all the COVID restrictions and mail-in ballots that the Democrats had to use to claim victory there. But you're talking 100,000 people. It's a primary where your candidate is likely going to be the president of the United States and, and Joe Biden, right? He's likely going to be the guy. So maybe you don't feel like your vote will count. Maybe you're lacking reasons to actually go out and vote. After all, if your vote won't make much of a difference, well, then why go, right? I mean, these are the things that typically depress turnout. Well. Over 100,000 people 
cast a ballot that said uncommitted. This is a huge red flag for Joe Biden. And we're going to do a much deeper dive on Michigan here with Savage Rich when we get him. Uh, we're going to bring him on here in about 10 minutes or so. Uh, but did you see this headline from the Washington Post? The economy is roaring. Immigration is a key reason. Of course, I say the Washington Post. But what I should really say is the Washington Compost, because they're effectively the intelligence agency's print media at this point. They're a mouthpiece for Democrats. But the article goes on to say momentum in the job market picked up aggressively over the past year, all while Washington is deadlocked on a border deal. Immigration has propelled the U.S. job market further than just about anyone expected, helping cement the country's economic rebound from the pandemic as the most robust in the world. It's almost like you could hear KJP talking about this from the White House podium. It's, it's, it's absolute propaganda. But again, this ties into last night as well. I told you and I showed you data and polling that reflected this as well. But I told you that immigration is going to be the number one issue in 2024, primarily because it ties into a lot of other things. National security, human trafficking, kids missing, uh, asymmetric threat of terror, fentanyl pouring into this country is the number one cause of death between 18 and 45. Uh, stealing middle class jobs, jobs that were otherwise intended for the American people. It ties into everything. OK, and obviously crime. And what's second in almost every poll that you see is the economy, some form of the economy, whether it's inflation, rising costs, whatever thing, you know, Americans are struggling to put food on the table for their family right now. And what the Washington Post here, what they did here is pretty sinister, so, because not only is it propaganda, they're tying the top two issues that the American people care about right now and trying to lie to you trying to say everything's wonderful, ultimately, to give the Democrats some wiggle room in 2024 and the ability to campaign on, one, a strong economy, and two, campaign on border security. I think we were one of the first shows out there to call that the Dems would be audacious enough to actually campaign, be the party of border security, but they did. And mark my words, you're going to see this narrative metastasize as 2024 goes on. The ec economy is strong and because of immigration, but the truth is, is quite the opposite. And I'm going to show you in a second what exactly I mean. Because obviously, illegal alien crime is surging. Lake, what happened to Lake and Riley, we've talked about it every single show since it happened, and I think rightfully so. But I want you to have a look at this gentleman here. Meet Nilsson Noel Trejo Grandados. This guy is an illegal alien charged with the murder of a two-year-old who was caught in a shootout and crossfire of a shootout. This criminal illegal alien had been arrested multiple times previously, but local officials in Montgomery County, Maryland, refused to cooperate with ICE, and he was released each time. Absolutely, positively shameful that something like that could happen in America, but here we are. Folks, in the last week alone, <clears throat> illegal aliens have been arrested for beating to death Lake and Riley in, in Georgia, murdering that two-year-old little boy there in Maryland, raping a minor in Virginia, raping a minor at knife point in Louisiana, and shooting three D.C. police officers. Again, what makes this so tragic is that this is a completely preventable issue. Well, despite all of that, the Athens mayor, the, the mayor of the town where Lake and Riley was murdered, had this to say about the tragic violence and rising violence in his community. While 2019 was not that long ago, you might remember the dynamic we were living in in the late teens in this country where you had the President of the United States speaking in the most vile terms about people who were foreign born. And you had that notion metastasizing in places like Charlottesville. In the main, I caution against conflating immigration and crime 
The data demonstrates that the two are not connected. Because the impact of federal immigration policy on localities has been under such consistent discussion. I've had about enough of listening to that man. So that is the mayor of, of Athens, Georgia, talking about the very first murder that's happened at UGA in over 30 years. And what did this guy talk about? He walked up to the podium and he talked about possible, oh, the American people might treat illegal immigrants mean now. And we should be careful about that. Oh, when he talked about Charlottesville, which was essentially a hoax. And of course, he blamed it on Trump. And here is the very same mayor in the same breath talking about sanctuary cities and using wordplay to excuse his disgusting actions of making, of course, Athens and the surrounding area a sanctuary town and sanctuary city. You can look in contractual language and you can find out exactly what it means to be an SEC institution. Sanctuary city doesn't track with either of those. And so that term means different things to different people depending on the context of the discussion. Many, many of the elements, many of the elements, we are here to listen. We are here to listen. There will be time for questions. You are guilty and got blood on your head for this murder, sir. Many of the aspects. So clearly, the people are very upset, and they should be. And you can probably tell I'm upset as well. I'm saddened. I'm angry. I'm furious. But there, what he's doing is what all Democrats do, folks. He is using wordplay to skirt around an issue. He's trying to make it seem like, well, we're not really a sanctuary city. But here he was in 2019, literally declaring Athens a sanctuary city. Watch for yourself. And whereas white nationalists and xenophobes have been emboldened by some politicians and members of the media, and we recognize that our entire community not just people of color and immigrants, is harmed by the existence of white supremacy in our community going unchallenged. And whereas our immigrant and undocumented neighbors, especially those of Latinx heritage, face daily fears and threats from individuals and institutions such as ICE, and whereas for the Athens community to be whole, it is necessary that families and loved ones remain together and that all people, including those without documentation, feel welcome and comfortable kind of infuriating, right? That was him declaring Athens a sanctuary city. And that's the way I see this, folks, is that this is essentially government-sanctioned violence, government-sanctioned sexual violence. I've talked to you about on this show many times a social contract that is supposed to exist between we, the people, and our government. First and foremost responsibility of that contract is that our government should protect us. And in exchange for that, we give up some of our liberties to allow them to do that. But I put forth to you today that the government has violated that contract. And if anything, the government is actively subverting the system against we, the people. And listen, folks, it isn't just this mouth-breathing mayor of Athens, this progressive mayor of Athens, who, by the way, has, who has blood on his hands. Biden gave remarks today on crime. Our president didn't mention Lake and Riley, of course, murdered in Georgia, which is absolutely shameful. He didn't mention the rising crime committed by illegal aliens all over this country. Again, that that's shameful. And what I'm here to you today to say is that elected officials and look, folks, I know I'm going somewhere with this, so bear with me. Elected officials in this, and I don't care, Democrat, Republican, I don't care. If you are complicit in this nonstop catch and release, and that means you arrest an illegal alien who is already a criminal, but you arrest somebody, one of those people, for committing a crime, and then you let them go, and if the cycle is, Illegal alien criminal violates law, arrested, released, repeats process multiple times. And subsequently, that person, that illegal alien criminal, murders an American citizen. And in the case I mentioned to you earlier, 
a two-year-old child, folks, those people need to be prosecuted. They need to be charged with a crime. They're sanctioning violence against we the people. And so, of course, people are waking up, as you probably heard in that press conference with the Athens mayor, you could hear citizens of that town yelling and shouting at him, but it didn't end there. Voting to, to make Athens Clark County a sanctuary city, sir. Who? What's their name? I'm an old man. My ears can only hear one thing. So people were waking up, and I think that's a good thing. About time. Good. Because the only way this changes is if people rise up and say, no, can't, not going to allow this to happen any longer. But these people have to be held accountable. I would even go so far as to say they need to be charged with a crime. They do. They're already violating the law, federal law, by allowing sanctuary cities in the first place. If violating the federal law leads to the death of American citizens, how are they not charged? So here's my recommendation to Republicans. And I know that there are those on Capitol Hill that watch this show or their staffers or whoever, but listen to me very carefully when I tell you, take this advice. Here's what needs to happen. Because again, my goal with the show is to always keep you ahead of the curve and to really be default aggressive so that Republicans learn to fight like Democrats because I am tired of them beating us on certain issues. But Republican attorneys general or Republican citizens that are just fed up file lawsuits against any of these radical progressive Democrats that support sanctuary cities, that support the catch and release of violent criminals. File lawsuits against all of them. It doesn't matter if maybe they get dismissed. Here's where I'm going with this. Go after these people. All of these people, once you sue them, what do you think they're going to say, folks? Do you have a sense of what these government officials are going to claim the moment that they're sued for violating the law? These people are going to claim, you guessed it, immunity. And wouldn't that be great if we had Democrats in public pressured to answer questions and argue in favor of immunity in public? And doesn't that make a nice contrast with the Democrats who are also saying that President Trump can't claim immunity while he was in office as president? And here's the deal. All of a sudden, you put a ton of pressure on radical leftist Democrats who are harming this country and their violations of the law directly leads to rising crime and in, in some cases, death of American citizens. But you put pressure on all of those people. You're doing right by the country. You're protecting American citizens and upholding the social contract by going after people who violate the law. But it's also a savvy political move because if Trump goes down for immunity, the rest of them go down for immunity. Turn the tables on these assholes. Fight like Democrats. Start winning. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I am going to need to take a cold shower after all of this to calm down. But I don't need to do that because I've got Savage Rich Barrage on deck and I could see him nodding along in the green room and I'm psyched to bring him on. Like I see him I see him nodding along. Well, here he is. Let's bring him on. Let's bring him on the show. Yeah. Welcome Savage Rich Barris. Yeah, I'm nodding along all right. I am. Uh <laughs> nodding along with that protester. Now, you know, it it's frustrating. It's from, from top to bottom, brother. It's frustrating. Let's go Lake and Riley's family and see whether or not data doesn't suggest, um, you know, that, 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 that the two are connected. It doesn't matter. Even if you want to play with statistics like that anyway, God, that pissed me off. I was sitting here stewing it, listening to that. 
he should not have been here to kill her in the first place. Like what part about this don't they understand? Like I, it, 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 what part about this doesn't sink into their tiny little brains? I just don't, <laughs> it, 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 there is no argument that you could make to, uh, to counter that, you know, which is if you would have done your job, like the social contract requires you to do, then she would be alive. So the point is, I don't know what the hell we're even involved in the social contract for anymore, since not only aren't they upholding their basic part of it here, Sean, but we're giving up far more than we ever agreed to give up. Um, not only for them not to do their due, you know, their basic uh, duties, but also to be uh, in many ways a danger to us at some at, at this point. You exactly. Know? I mean, that, that's what I was saying. They're they're actually subverting that so, social contract oh, and, yeah. and they've taken things in the opposite direction to where not only are they not protecting we the people and again, in exchange for hard won liberties, not only are they not protecting us, they're actually putting the American people in these in, in danger with these irresponsible policies. But I got to get your feedback on something. So I'm sure that you saw that Joe Biden was taken to Walter Reed today. And I guess that the White House says to get a physical or whatever. Um, but they said that it, like while he was there, he did not get a cognitive test. And I want you to hear what KJP said about that. And I want you to react to that. Check this out. I think uh, I think folks need to understand that the president passes, again, a cognitive test every day. If you look at what a clinical cognitive test is actually what it actually does, it is a 15 minute appointment that is that is administered by someone that m most of the time people don't actually know. And and uh, and the president has a team of doctors that is with him 24 seven. And he is able to do the work uh, every day uh, that is rigorous, that is more rigorous than it would be for any 15-minute clinical uh, clinical appointment. <laughs> Rich, this, the fact that they even have to answer questions like this from the media means that the dude is in serious cognitive decline, does it not? First of all, she needs to take a cognitive test. I mean, this is what you get with these DEI hires, brother. She's an idiot. Uh, that's not she is. I mean, this is one of the dumbest people we've ever had at this microphone, and there have been some doozies. But she is. Got, she probably is the dumbest. Uh, total airhead. Just a total airhead. Um, but the president doesn't pass these cognitive uh, tests every day in the White House. His team does. She said something that was true. He does have a team around him 24 hours a day. That's the team that runs the White House. Um, you know, she does, of course, have medical people available to him, you know, like no other person in the world. But nobody believes this crap that he's running the White House. Not only us, but you know, other people, you know, not exactly right wingers or even, you know, center people, left wing pollsters have pulled this over and over again. The American people are just what, Sean? They're just deluding themselves. They, they're making this up. They're observing this and they just uh, everybody's wrong, including a majority of Democrats. That's why we're seeing the turnout we're seeing. And if it wasn't for Nikki Haley meddling in the primary, you would see these concerns even more so in the primary numbers than you're seeing already because they're masking that taking out a chunk of the Democratic vote to meddle in the Republican primary is masking Biden's further weaknesses that uh, we can see. But you, we would we would see them even worse. Like Dean Phillips would get more of the vote. Uncommitted would get more of the vote or worse. They wouldn't show up in the Republican primary, but there would be no explanation for why they didn't show up in the Democratic mm. primary. You know, there would just be that they think uh, Joe Biden is mentally uh, deficient and they don't want to vote for a guy who's a, a, an eggplant. I just think they must, they must, they, 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 wait, did you say they don't want to vote for a guy that, that, that's an eggplant? He's an eggplant. He's got to, I mean, let's get real. That's I mean, an insult to eggplants. And you know, you it know is, better. I like there. eggplants and I'm sorry. <laughs> I apologize to eggplants everywhere. I apologize to the state of New Jersey, which supplies some 60% of the entire country's eggplant. I'm sorry about that. Uh, it's, it's an insult to them and the people who pick them out of the ground. Okay, so listen, we're going to get to Michigan here in a second, but I want but while we're talking about polling and you we mentioned well, you mentioned about the American people see that Biden is suffering from severe cognitive decline. Did you see this from Steve Deese today? 
Can, can you see it there? If you can't, let me go ahead and read uh, it to you. It's very clear as we keep seeing results over and over and over again that don't align with the general election public polling trend line that one of two things are true. The polls are psyops to dull Republicans with overconfidence, and we God. are aiding and abetting this by so gleefully obsessing over them as if they're more important than the actual results and installation of machinery it takes to win to our own detriment. Two, the polling earnestly haven't caught up with the Democrats' turnout slash ballot harvesting operations, which Republicans have willfully and inexcusably haven't uh, substantively challenged or answered the last four years, despite all the complaints, protests, laments, and money raised claiming the contrary. What do you think about that? This freaking simpleton. He's been doing this stuff for months and months and months. I had a donor the other day. I was in Florida. They were DeSantis donors, and they were, like, furious with Steve Deese. They were duped. They gave a ton of money. They're, like, tired of listening to him. I wish I taped it and we could play it right now, but I don't want to. I, I don't have her permission, but you should have heard this lady. It was hilarious. And for someone from, like, the salt of the earth Midwest to talk, because she lives in Florida now, but she was originally from the Midwest, salt of the earth kind of woman, you know, good Christian woman to talk about this uh like you know about someone like this was just hilarious I, I was pissing my pants it was it was too much um but he's an idiot and i'm not sure it's a combination of him being dishonest and an idiot or just being an idiot i mean because there has been so many opportunities to correct his thinking now and for people who are smarter than him to explain to him what's going on as if he's a feeble little child or something the, the general election electorate is not a primary electorate. Steve Kornacki just wrote a great article about this. Byron York piggybacked it. He wrote it yesterday. And Byron York in his morning Washington Examiner piggybacked off of it this morning because what we saw in Michigan uh, really does prove Steve Kornacki right. And by the way, I've been saying the same thing. In order to believe what he is saying, you have to be a total dunce and not and, and think that the Operation Chaos, that's a well-funded one, primary pivot that is being used to bankroll Nikki Haley, somehow isn't going to convince any Democrats to cross over and vote in these Republican primaries. In fact, what happened in Michigan last night is quite the opposite of what Steve Deese is talking about. She didn't even carry Washtenaw, which, by the way— um, uh, John Kasich carried. She didn't carry Car Kalamazoo, where all these people he's so hung up on really live in these areas. He and by the way, John Kasich carried Kalamazoo. He hmm. ca she didn't carry the Grand Rapids area, the surrounding five counties, which Ted Cruz carried in 2016. The opposition, the real opposition to Donald Trump, that was a persuadable, truly general election kind of, I can go either way, has faded away. He clobbered her in Oakland, which is upper uh, upper class, white collar uh, kind of a, kind of a, a county. I mean, this is where you would expect not only Nikki Haley to do well. She, if she was a threat, if she was a serious candidate with that many Democrats voting for her, even in Michigan, she should have carried Washington. Even without Operation Chaos, if there was real um, opposition to Donald Trump that was palpable, that was more than just the Trump resistance, as, as Kornacki phrased them, then we would see that. We didn't see it. What you're seeing is that in primaries, the most high interest voters show up. They are not representative, even independents that come out. They are not representative of the general election independent electorate. So they make it's not inconsistent at all. It's what we would expect to see, given what is happening on the ground, given who shows up in these primaries. And by the way, there still were Democrats who voted for her last night, Sean. They're just this is she lost even worse than nor, than she has been, because this is what happens when she doesn't have them all to herself. When Democrats have, in fact, their own people that they have to get out. Joe Biden is an unpopular president. Even his own party is not enthusiastic about voting for him so there's a good opportunity for an operation chaos to reach out to those people spend 75 million dollars and get some of them to come into that electorate and they have been successful at doing that even still what he's seeing yesterday is not supportive of what he's saying trump won the suburbs the urban areas the rural areas he clobbered her he clobbered her people think um if you don't win 99 of the vote it somehow shows weakness that's not how statistics works it's just not. She's a well-funded opponent. Um, 
you know, and and he's if this was anybody other than Donald Trump, we would all be calling this how it is. I think some part of Steve Deese just is a never Trumper and will always be a never Trumper. And he cannot be honest with his audience. It's not within him to be honest. I mean, this is a guy after 2016, Sean, this is a guy who went on MSNBC and said that he refuses to get into the fights with the good people in MSNBC. Why should I burn bridges? Why should I make enemies out of my friends here at this network for Donald Trump? MSNBC. Yeah, I mean, I Come take on. issue. I take issue with the polls or psyops. Every single. I mean, there back are some to this polls. Now? That, this is a guy who polls. told. This yeah. is a guy who told his audience that the polls against DeSantis were a psyop. The polls were dead on accurate in Iowa. Dead on accurate. I mean, come on. This is just insane. We're all right in the primaries, Sean, but we're somehow <laughs> all wrong in the general. Come on, dude. Quinnipiac. I mean, he's really, this is aggravating me now. Why? Because I'm a real <laughs> critic of, a, of the polling industry, you know, and I spent my career trying to make this industry better for hacks like him to interrupt and cause noise pisses me off. They're doing a very good job this year, and we should pat them on the back for it. So Robert Cahaley nails South Carolina, but some, the primary, almost to the tape, but somehow he doesn't have the general election right? Come on, right. man. Get the <laughs> hell out of here. And we have okay. all done a good job. We have all so, been doing a good job. Most all right, so Trump, Trump, Michigan, uh, 64 to 31. Yep. Absolutely trounces her. Uh I, I, I'm going to set you up even this worse way. now. It's even worse. Yeah. Okay. 26. Yeah. 68, 26. Wow. Okay. See, he, so he's yet. talking. He doesn't even know what he's talking about. He, this is the 80th time. Steve Deese hasn't waited for results to come in before he ran his big mouth. <laughs> Stick a burrito in that shit. Shut up for a second and let the damn boats come in. I'm tired of this dude, man. I'm sorry, brother. I'm sorry. What's wrong with you? <laughs> God, it's just like I, I've come to the conclusion that people like Alex Stein 99 are right. You should just ridicule these people. They don't deserve anything else. Well, so so I, I, here's my what I thought was a big takeaway from from Michigan. The actual sheer number of votes that Huge. Trump got as 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 opposed to Biden. And I'm looking at at NBC News. It's just what I have up right now. 759,000 votes for for yeah. Trump and 623,000 for Biden which I led in with the show of 101,000 uncommitted which is it's an unbelievable red flag I think for Biden and yeah. and and I laid out on the show yesterday that if Republicans were smart they would drive that wedge between the Democrat base a mile wide from a fracture to the Grand Canyon but look at the, the sheer number of votes Nikki yeah. Haley was a more formidable candidate and like you said had had more money than most of Biden's uh, opponents and Trump just got more votes despite Nikki Haley with 296,000 votes. Trump got more votes than Biden even if you add uncommitted to Biden's total. That is a huge deal to me. Is am, am I reading this correctly? No, there there's a lot of attempts to explain this away, but uncommitted did not have tens of millions of dollars behind it. It was Bernie Sanders whispering it to people who he lies with, Rashida Tlaib who lives obviously and represents in that area. And just kind of organically getting it out there. And then, by the way, Marion Williamson is out of the race and she's still got that many votes. Like Ron DeSantis wow. got a percent, you know, like th there's there are candidates that have suspended their campaigns and are still getting votes. Um, Dean Phillips has no money. He has nothing. And he hasn't he, he hasn't even been really campaigning. And he still got that. Listen, for it's it's not only the sheer number of votes who voted uncommitted. But people are like, well, Obama got 10% in 2012, right? And Obama beat John McCain by 17 points in Michigan. When there was the protest vote against him, by the time he went up against Mitt Romney, he lost almost half of his margin. He only beat Mitt Romney by about 10 points. He lost seven. I mean, not only. It was still a comfortable win, but he lost 7% of his margin. From And by the way, presidents don't do that. Reelected presidents always are reelected with a greater share of the vote. That was a that was a flag that there was something wrong. By the way, there is a commit uncommitted. There's a culture of uncommitted voting at like one to three percent in a state like Michigan. That happens quite a bit. However, 
when you get above 3%, you know, you're looking at a problem, Sean. Even Trump had about 5 in 2020, and I was like, mm, that's not good. And it did pretend that there was like a bit of an issue. You know, there, uh, it, it foreshadowed that, that, that there was a bit of an issue there. This is a massive problem. Where did it come from? In Dearborn, Michigan, he lost precincts. Over, there were some precincts where he got clobbered, 140 to 9, 140 to 7. I mean, huge. You wound up losing Dearborn, the city of Dearborn, 57-40. And um, I just I sent you the official final there, or it's a unofficial final. But, um, oh. yeah, I texted it to you earlier, but right before, you know, you went on. So I'm sure that's what, probably why I didn't see it. But, I mean, <laughs> it's – and, by the way, Trump got over almost 70%. You know, so what is this? This is another thing I think people have kind of glanced right over. Look at Wayne County. Um, Republicans get 20% of the vote in Wayne County. Donald Trump already was kind of strong in, in the Detroit, um, you know, the Detroit burbs where there are ancestral Democrats. And he got like 30%, which was already pretty, pretty nice of a, a you know, a, a showing for a Republican. Look at Biden's votes and look at Trump's votes in Wayne County. There is definitely evidence that there – this is more evidence because we saw it in Black Belt counties in South Carolina too. This is more evidence that there are non-whites voting in the Republican primary in diverse states for Donald Trump. This is a big deal. So we've been doing this since Iowa, looking at like Nikki Haley's Democratic crossover and trying to estimate – not trying. I mean we're doing pretty good doing it with precinct level. It's very close to AP Vocast before they stopped giving um, – you know, the before that data became unavailable in primaries. But the bottom line is from Iowa to New Hampshire to South Carolina to Nevada – uh, we've done a good job at mapping out who is voting for Nikki Haley. That really is like a behavioral Democrat compared to that big uncommitted for Joe Biden. Honestly, Nikki Haley's at like 26.5, something like that right now. About 10% of that. I don't mean 2.6. I mean, 10% of the 26% is about behavioral Democrats. That's, you know, crossing over the other 16 and a half percent, Sean, are just Republicans who would like to see another choice. But they'll vote for Trump come the November general election. So it's a ma much bigger problem that almost Joe Biden's entire margin from 2020 voted uncommitted. Muslims, the amount of Muslims in Michigan, the population, the voting population is the entire size of Joe Biden's margin. They could single handedly deny him Michigan, even if every voter voted the same exact way in 2020. And we know that's not going to happen. Why? Because of the polling. We know the poll. Honestly, we know the 2020 general 24 general election polling in Michigan is right. And that Biden does have these problems because the 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 polling trends that we saw in the primary were generally right. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. The stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening. I want to get your feedback on something else and put something up here on the screen and I'll explain it to people who are, are listening. You're talking about polling. Um, and I, it just seems like everything is trending in Trump's direction. And this was, Rich, overlooked, I think. I, I don't think it got enough play, but I think it's significant. Uh, check this out. This looks... This is from uh, yeah. X. It says it seems notable that more than half the country believes the legal system is yes. being weaponized to take out a political opponent. So if you click on it, you can see the question. Do you think Democrats today are engaged in lawfare, a campaign using the government and the legal system and biased ways to take out a political opponent in blue? Because we're looking at a. a a circle here, a, a, a pie graph, I guess, right? That's what you call that, a pie graph. <laughs> yeah, it's a pie graph. Uh, it's been a very long time since <laughs> I've since I've since I've had official math classes. Uh, but yeah, so the pro blue is at forty two percent. Prosecutions of yeah. Trump are fair and unrelated to politics. In red, Democrats are engaged in using the legal system in biased ways to take out a political opponent. Fifty eight percent of people believe that. It's hard to believe how this doesn't 
hurt Democrats in a huge, huge way in November. This is why I tell people about this uh, question, and that poll even asked a series of these questions, although they use the RICO term again, and using RICO is really bias slanting. But the idea where you ask, well, what if he's committed, you know, a what if he's convicted of a felony, blah, blah, blah. We just heard before we came on the air, um, the Supreme Court's going to take up the immunity case. I think, Sean, those questions are misleading for a few reasons. One is hmm. it's baked into the cake. Americans know what's going on. They get it. I mean, they they really do. And they understand that there's a president who's going to lose. So he's trying to prosecute his political opponent to keep him from losing. They're not dumb. They're not stupid. And then when you ask them that question, they know the right, the so-called right answer. You know, so when you're talking to people, when you're doing polling, you're going to you're definitely going to lead them into giving you the answer that they think you want them to give. And that's what that question does. But when you kind of ask things like that and get around, um, you know, get a, get around the issue. Uh, but, you know, you're, I mean, you get around tainting them, but you get straight still to the issue. It's baked into the cake. Just like I honestly don't think James Comey coming out before the election and talking about Hillary's emails, re, re uh, you know, restarting that investigation. I don't think it cost Hillary the election. It was already baked in. People already knew. And that was kind of baked into their vote. And the people made this you know, big deal over James Comey doing that. People already know this stuff. There are very few people, Sean, who don't have an opinion one way or the other. You know, and you're not going to persuade them by, um, you know, by by having a stronger case. They're not They don't have time to sit there and listen to all that detail, brother. They're just like, you're losing to a guy who was the president before that you beat, and you're doing this because you can't beat him. I mean, that's how, Amer you know, Americans are very like, oh, I don't have time. I got a life to live. Let me cut through the crap and see what I see. And that's what most of them see. Of course, not every, you know, Democrats are Democrats, but, you know, Republicans and, and the majority of independents see it that way. And I don't know how you would change their mind. You know, I really don't. It's a huge, like that last poll we did, um, couple of weeks ago when we put it out before this one by the way was another trump plus six i was nervous putting out trump with that kind of a lead um i know you were you I, remember you, that you i do remember that you yeah. talked to me about it i yes you yeah. were but you were spot on i and and a couple of days later everybody else started to follow it but there is something that i saw and that is um biden was like starting to drag down democrats like at the down ballot generic ballots he was starting to drag them down and i thought well it's his job performance but it's not. I mean, it's not just that. It's all of it. You know, they're so in lockstep. It's they're making it hard for voters to say, well, I'm going to vote for Trump, but maybe I'll vote for a Democrat down ballot. They're all in lockstep. They're all a hive mind, you know, so that that runs the risk of them being seen as one entity going going into November. Does. So you talk about going into November. It's like the majority of Americans. I think this is this is pretty true rich like yeah. majority of americans believe that democrats are using lawfare against president trump which essentially undermines our judicial system and obviously creates a litany of other concerns for the american people the majority of americans i think believe the 2020 election was rigged uh and you now even have people like tucker carlson out there saying unequivocally of course it was, yeah, of, of it was rigged yeah. um the Democrats clearly, or I'm sorry, the American people clearly see that Trump did a far better job on on the border than Joe Biden. Trump did a far better job with the economy than Joe oh, Biden. Yeah. Uh, majority of, of Americans don't believe a damn thing that the fake news says anymore. And 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 also, you know, hat tip to Comer, uh, but. The majority of Americans, I think, believe that Biden is corrupt. I mean, it, the way that this is set up for President Trump rolling into November, I mean, really, it, it's it's hard to see how it could be any better for him. I mean, outside of just, you know, not being not facing 91 criminal charges in, in life in prison or whatever. I mean, of course, that's ridiculous, but it's all backfiring is my point. The one thing that Steve D said in that post that may make some degree of sense, but it still doesn't when you take it in totality. But the one thing is that, you know, uh, they do have a better ballot harvest operation and people are starting to kick into gear now on the Republican side and they're starting to get it. But here's why that almost doesn't I don't want I, no, I don't want to phrase it like that. Here's why what he said still isn't 100% correct. And that is 
Trump is on the ballot. Remember all of those things that they did to rig that election in 20, whether you're talking about just straight what ballots could have been fraudulent or illegal, all of that out the window. You know, they they rigged it with censorship. They rigged it with omitting certain stories. They rigged it with the uh, second presidential debate, which is traditionally the incumbent foreign policy debate. That's the incumbent's best debate. They rigged it when it came to the last minute in 30 days, 60 days, changing the way states uh, conduct elections through vote, you know, va vastly expanding vote by mail, all of that that they did. And yet Biden still only won with 45,000 votes. Why? Because Trump is a general election turnout monster for people who don't realize there are some people out there. Well, he's underperforming some of his primary polling. Primary polling is not a, a perfect science. That's number one. And they, until modern times, they're kind of notorious for being a little bit volatile and all over. It's not that far off at all. But even going back to 2016, that happened quite a bit, actually, you know, so it was a more diverse field. So we, you know, if Trump didn't get to 38 and he won with 33, nobody really said anything. Now that it's not really a diverse field and he's a former president, everyone expects him to be like dead on at 75% every election or something. And I think that's just unrealistic. But every time in the general, whether it was 16 or whether it was 20, um, Trump put up these numbers. They, these people, these general election people come out for Donald Trump that will never come out for anybody that Steve D's backs. It's, you know, and I'm just using him as an example because of that wing of the party. Uh, that's just reality. And that's why uh, Republicans better understand that. Take advantage of Trump being on the ballot now, because once he's not anymore, it doesn't matter when he's president. We saw this in 18. We saw it in some special elections. Connor Lamb, Rick Saccone. Yes, he was able to get, you know, that was in your neck of the woods. Yes, he was able to close the gap for Rick Saccone by about eight points. I know I pulled it in real time. By Friday, Saccone was down by eight. By Monday morning, it was like, you know, Lamb plus one to plus two. So he was able to close it, but not enough because, you know, not every steel worker this, or not every welder decided to go, all right, it's Trump. I'm going to get up and I'm going to go vote. Um, he does that. He gets those people out there that uh, we, we just don't see willing to go and vote for. And it's not just other Republicans. It's other politicians. There are just some people who get others. You know, they they I don't know if it's inspire. I don't know. You know, there's there's more to it than that, Sean. You know, I guess Barack Obama could get out people that no other politician at his time could get out. And the same thing was true of Trump. You know, I mean, there hasn't been a single primary, even in these so-called disappointing uh, performances, there hasn't been a single primary where he hasn't broken at least one record. Not one. Think about that. Have you ever seen that before? No, never. No president, uh, presidential candidate, um, as a non-incumbent anyway, wasn't a sitting president, has ever won all early races like this. Never, 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 mm. never, never, never. It just never happened. Why? Because a weaker candidate may have lost it. New Hampshire, Sean, but he's a turnout machine. He's a turn and wait, it gets worse in the general. It does, or worse for Democrats. I mean, so you're saying, you know, it is very favorable for you know going into um, going into November for him. It is. I mean, it, it is a possibility he could even outperform these polls, brother. Did you uh, see the poll in Maine? He's up by yes, six. six I did. Yeah. Maine. I mean, and, and what I what I say is that I mean, really, we've complained as Republicans about polling one that they're just not as accurate as they should be. And two, base Republican America first type voters don't trust pollsters. And so they, by and large, don't answer the phone. And True. sometimes as a result, they're undercounted. And I think we saw that to be problematic and reflected in what they call what the invisible Trump voter. Right. Yeah. And, um, but, and, and so they tended to more, heavily favored Democrat candidates. I mean, I think with Hillary and Biden, they had some absurd margin in, in Pennsylvania and some of the swing states like Trump was getting trounced by seven or eight. Points, in Pennsylvania. I yeah. mean, and it just, it just didn't play out that way at all. But the fact that the pendulum has swung back from a polling standpoint to now you have where Trump didn't win any, he was never up in 16 and in 20. And now he's up in every single swing state. I just, it's just, and I, frankly, I think he's up even more than what the polls are reflecting because I'm telling you, many people that too. are probably, yeah, many too. people that are watching this show right now or listening probably will not even participate 
in polling calls because they just don't trust pollsters. Yeah, we have to, and we've done this over the years. We've come to learn, you know, certain tactics, but our agents are constantly, and because we get it all the time, listen, I don't want to take it. Just, you know, I'm for Trump. All right. I, that's it though. All right. And we have to tell them you need your voice to be heard. You got, you know, it's only going to take a couple of minutes. If you're for a candidate, then you should want to tell pollsters about that support. We, you, we want our poll to be representative. And if you do that, uh, we cannot count your, your, we can't count your response. Like you can't just say I'm for Trump. Goodbye. Like that's not how it works. So, you know, it often they still just hang up and disconnect the interview, Sean. I mean, they're just that way. And that's why mixed mode is so much, you know, when we're a big believer in mixed modes, trying people from different ways to contact them and, and get them to conduct an interview because, you know, the live caller stuff is just at this point, come on, if I got to explain why live caller is not the gold standard anymore, then you don't have a grip on what's going on in this country. And mm -hmm. there's, um, I'm telling you, I think even it could be, I think it could be even a, a bigger advantage for him out there, but they have to take advantage and go and get these people that when you call them, they say they're for Trump and people always say, they're more likely to tell you they're going to vote than they actually do. That's true. Um, you got to get them to go out and vote. And then this could be like a relatively early. I tell you, I'll say this, and I, I said it last night. After what looking at what happened in Michigan last night, um, you know, I was very skeptical of other polls, even my own, which had Trump up by four and change, 4.7. He's the favorite in Michigan right now. I don't know how you can't see that. Um, you know, that no people... Doubt. Yeah, there's no doubt he is the favorite, which I cannot believe I'm saying because I I remember being so, uh, you know, kind of weary of believing that Trump was ahead in 16. And then he did win and the poll was like, it was right. We had Trump up by a point, but it wasn't 100% right. He only won by 10,000 votes, roughly. He didn't win by a point. So we were always very skeptical of whether we mm -hmm. overstated him some way. Uh, but come to 20, we nailed Biden's margin, you know, so even though, you know, Biden's margin, um, so, yeah. you know, so you always give you, 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 polls are going to be too much, you know, one way or the other. And no one's always going to be right 100 percent of the time. But I think that there's this burn feeling Republicans feel burn from 22 and they're nervous. A lot of them are nervous and and you know, concerned that the polls could be overstating their advantage going into uh, November. But I would argue, I would not argue. I mean, I'm telling them presidential elections are very different, you know, and midterms um, are going to favor Democrats now. And as long as the white educated voter continues to shift to Democrats, they're going to have that advantage that once upon a time Republicans had mm -hmm. in these lower turnout elections. But when, man, I'm telling you, when it comes to presidential elections with Trump on the ballot, it's going to be a whole different story, brother. Hold All right. Sport. Now, listen. Now, Mitch McConnell, he's out. Got news today. Actually, the news broke when I was on your show earlier. Yep. He's stepping down in November. And I worry about that because yep, me too. Mitch McConnell is not the most pop. He's actually the least popular Republican leader, like by far, I think. Yes. And I worry Period. that leader, like, not just there, Republican. All yeah, there's, there's a reason. There's a reason why he wants to stay until November. And that's clearly because he wants to maintain his power in the Senate throughout that election. Yeah. And, and, and if Mitch McConnell is still the minority leader, that means that he still controls SLF and the Senate leadership fund, which is, which is where hundreds of millions of dollars are. And they use that money to support candidates. And if he's still in charge during that cycle, it means he can flood money yeah. to candidates that, yep. I don't know. I mean, it worries me a little bit, to be honest with you. I mean, if it's like, why not just bounce now? I always worry anytime a lawmaker says, I'm done, but I'm not leaving until November. I'm not leaving until the new class comes in in January, right? Because then they're just totally unaccountable, Sean. They're just totally unaccountable. All they care about is what K Street says and Wall Street, wh whomever gave them the money to survive all of those years in Congress. That's what they do. And look at like an Adam Kinzinger, right, for instance. I mean, he was just rogue. He didn't give a damn 
what any of the voters in his district uh, mm-hmm. wanted him to do. It's nothing more dangerous in self-governance than a, than a so-called elected leader that's now totally unaccountable. I really feel like when it, when a, um, and by the way, this is the way it was for most of our country's history until the 17th Amendment. When you're done, you're done. You don't just get to stay there and, uh, you know, do whatever the hell it is you want to do. It's certainly, certainly going to be against the will of the voters in the state of Kentucky. Um, there is some question, however, like you do Bootham and then Andy Bashir won. Uh, Kentucky is a little different, but I would say this. Also, a, a danger of keeping him there is that he is the, like you said before, it's right. He's the most unpopular leader, both Republican and Democrat, up in D.C. right now, and political leader, period, in in the United States. He's the most unpopular national political leader. Do you really want him to be the face and the voice of the Republican Party in the upper chamber when you're asking the voters in the country to give you the majority? So he will be the face. He'll be the voice of it. He'll be setting the tone. The people hate him. Brother, they hate him. They hate his guts. There, there has been months, many months, when we polled Mitch McConnell's favorability rating, when Democrats had a higher, very favorable than Republicans did. You know, 10% versus 8% or something. And that is a really telltale sign uh, that nobody likes the guy. I mean, you know, his own, his own party can't stand him. And sometimes the other party likes him a little bit more because he's backstabbing his own party. This is not the man you want to be the leader of this party. And when you're at the map in 2024, the Senate map is so favorable to Republicans. Yes. You do not want Mitch McConnell drawing, you know, anything from you on that. You want to go in with a fresh face and you want to tell the American voter, look, we're different. We're a new breed. We're a new generation. Give us the majority. Give us a big majority, you know, and we'll, we'll deliver for you. They see that crusty old piece of crap and it's back to the same same old, you know, business as usual, brother. I don't mean you know, it's just true. It's just true. They hate him. His own state hates him. And by the way, well, Trump. Did you see the House Freedom about. Caucus? Did you see the House Freedom Caucus came out today and said, you know, we wish, you know, the code Democrat leader of the Senate. I mean, that too. So to your point, there are a great many Republicans on Capitol Hill that do not like Mitch McConnell and would like no. to see him go. Yeah, and I'm telling you, I don't want to see John Thune step up and be his, you know, be the right hand man. I, I'm not a fan, a huge fan of Marco Rubio, but I'm really hoping Rick Scott. I know Rubio's interested, but I'm really hoping somebody like Rick Scott steps up right now and is forceful. Listen, we need a new leader now. We need a, you know, you want to stay fine. Here's your tablet, bro. Go back to Kentucky, <laughs> hide in a closet, proxy vote, stay the hell away from here, stay the hell away from us, don't jeopardize our chances. Listen, if Mitch McConnell really cared about his party more than he cares about himself and his donors, and by in turn, if you think your party's got the right ideas for the country, then it only logically follows that if Mitch McConnell really cared about his nation, then he would get lost. Go back to Kentucky, vote by proxy, hide, don't talk to the media, get the hell lost, man. 40 years, four decades. And Mike Johnson, frankly, with this stupid corny ass statement, really disappoints me. He's such a public servant. No, he isn't. He's indicative (laughs) of a failed generation who didn't have the spine or the brains to take advantage of what the past generation handed them, which was the strongest country in the world with prosperity, with wealth, with power. And he squandered it. He's part of the class and part of the generation that made the biggest foreign policy mistake in the history of this country, completely squandered our wealth. Sean squandered our weight wealth, lost an entire generation. You know, I'm sorry. You know, so save your corny, stupid platitudes, Speaker <laughs> Johnson. And, you know, you want to give him that praise? Fine. After he's done hiding until November and Republicans do the best they could possibly do, you know, running for the Senate majority, then you can come out and you can all have your stupid corny parties and toast to the, toast to the old man who helped bankrupt the country if it really <laughs> makes you feel better. And then we can all send them off like a Viking burial and get rid of them. <laughs> The hell out of here. That was a pretty good Mike Johnson impression. I have you to like admit, that? 
I did like that. That was very impressive. Hey, so you got to tell you got to tell the battle crew about Winston, the new addition oh. to the Savage family. Winston! Savage Rich. Winston. So Savage Rich texted He's me coming. this weekend to the battle crew about a new addition to the Barris family. And I want to introduce Winston to you. Let me go get him. Let me open go the door. Get him. Go, go, go wrangle, wrangle up Winston. In the meantime, folks, listen, one of the best ways that you can support the show is, is by liking and rumbling, right? That's how rumble measures their leaderboard. So if you're watching now, smash that little green thumb. It helps a lot. Um, and listen, folks, there's no better pollster than, than Rich Barris. It's why we have him on the show. Like we do. Um, but Rich and I were talking over the weekend about this, this new addition to the family. And I, on his show today, I said very clearly, like, we've got to introduce Winston to the battle crew. And so without further ado, Winston. there's Winston, Savage Winston. Look at Savage I'm, Winston right there. I'm savage until I see this little precious face. Yeah, you're kind of oh killing the savage. God. You're kind of killing the savage vibe, Rich Spooner. Look with at a puppy. He's uh he's got one blue eye, one brown eye, <laughs> and he's absolutely adorable. He looks a little again, he looks a little tuckered out. I think in between, because I try to show him on um on the show today, too. And, you know, the kids take him outside and run him around. This dog is fast. Sean, yeah. <laughs> he's an Ulster, tiny little Aussie Shepherd. And he's super fast. I mean, I tried to catch him on um, on camera, like following him with the video. And it's like, I mean, so quick. The frames aren't keeping up. It's crazy. <laughs> um, but, yeah, he's super cool. Say hello to everybody, Winston. Let me try to get the microphone out of his face, but so now we, so now you have Savage Winston and I have Pups McGee. They have to meet. They're going to be like best friends. No, total besties. Total besties. <laughs> Wait, you just yeah. said besties? I'm telling you that. Well, it's my daughter. Did you know? And I haven't my done it. My daughters say this too. They That's say where I get too. it, dude. I got slay. I will. I, I get daughter it. say slay, slay. Yes. <laughs> I don't know what's in and what's out. You know, sometimes I say slang terms that have been out for years. I dab oh, like I mean, this and my kids get embarrassed because they say that's like so four years ago. Did you dab ever it. did you ever think you were going to be embarrassing to your kids? Because like I asked them to teach me this stuff. So I like I'm in the know. Like I don't want to not be in the know what they're talking about. But it <laughs> constantly it moves. It moves like on the weekly basis. You know, there's something different and I just can't keep up. Who can? But yeah, this. This um, besties thing apparently is stuck in my head now, and I got it because <laughs> she wants to have a date with like her friend's little dog. And did you know they have like puppy cups at Starbucks? I'm like, no, I'm sorry, he's not going to some barista to get some puppy cup. No, no, no. that's not what dogs do when they're playing. They're dogs. We're not going to teach them to. We're not going to. We're not going to reduce the testosterone level of our dogs like we did our young men. We're not doing that. You know, you're going to keep, you got to keep Winston Savage. So Savage Rich, Savage Winston. Yep. Tell the battle crew where they can support you. And I know it's yep. on locals and listen, folks, you really need to go support Savage Rich on, on locals. I mean, this is, there's a reason why he's the best pollster in the business. He's Appreciate not beholden that. to some big company. He's beholden to we, the people. So he's incentivized to really, yep. really get it right. And I know that model. Rich, you do that, but tell us where, we can find you. And by the way, P M McGee is super cute. I don't know why you haven't shown him yet. Pups McGee. Uh, oh, he's horrible, <laughs> man. I showed him to Laura and she was like, ah! you know, Pups, but uh, Pups McGee is a girl, Rich. And I a have girl? a shirt. Made. I have Harley? a shirt made. Yes. Harley is a girl. And it's like Harley it's, Quinn. It's 2024, Rich. You know, it's just how, <laughs> it's how this. So, so I'm Pups McGee, I have a shirt. I have a shirt made on the part of the battleground apparel company with pups McGee, a picture of my puppy on there, my dog on there. And it just says Republican. It's amazing. Republican. Oh my God. See what I so did there. Cool. See what I did there. I did. You should sell them. Like uh, I'm telling you, you should sell them for merchandise. People love it, brother. They'll we love do. it. We do. You do. We there do. you go. That's what I'm saying. There you go. I got to get one. I got to get one myself. Um, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Locals is the best place to uh, support us. Sean as always, you know, we're everywhere, but locals is the one, you know, it's the central hub where to, where to go, uh, which is people's pundit.locals.com people's pundit.locals.com. Awesome. Thanks, Rich, and and uh, give your give my thanks to your amazing wife, Laura. Thank you for 
thank you for giving us so much of your time, Rich. Have a great week. And I'm sure we'll be talking very soon again. Anytime, brother. See you soon. Thanks as always. All right. See you, Rich. And that was Savage Rich Barris and Savage Winston. And, of course, you could hear Savage Laura in the background. We always love having Rich on the show. He Again, he's the best in the business. Uh, so, listen, folks, we are like 50 followers, 50 subscribers away from 10,000. 50. Please tell your family and your friends to subscribe to Battleground Live. That's a big milestone for us. We've only been doing this show for a little over six months now. Um, and, honestly, 10,000 followers is is a testament to your strength on the battle crew uh but listen folks already over time thank you all so much for for watching thank you for being in the trenches with us in the fight to save this country this country needs you this country needs you needs you to be engaged needs you in the fight to save the soul of this country otherwise there's nothing standing between the radical left and the fundamental transformation of this country and ultimately its destruction. So thank you all so much for being with us. I have an amazing show planned for you tomorrow. Some probably, I don't know if you've seen, I've got some awesome video of old school, like 1980s Mitch McConnell talking about a subject that I think that you're going to want to hear about tomorrow. So amazing show tomorrow, five o'clock right here, live on rumble. But as always, thank you all for watching. Um, make sure you hit that little green thumb, that little like button beneath the video, help us out, help us make the leaderboard, but thank you all for watching. Thank you for being in the trenches with us. God bless you all. And God bless this amazing country we call home. Take care. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. We're the Armstrong and Getty Show. We cover the stories the mainstream media ignores. Stories that are important to your life and important to the world. The election, of course. The many trials of Donald Trump. Couple of wars. Gender-bending madness. Why are kids looking at so much social media? And we bring you the stories the mainstream media is on. But we do it without the left-wing media spin. Listen to Armstrong and Getty On Demand on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search the Armstrong and Getty Show to start listening.